You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. And I'm bisexual too, so that's another thing. That's the one thing that my parents really have a hard time with. They really find really are, are really okay with me being a lesbian. They're really okay with me being straight, but they really have trouble when I switch it up. Whoa. <laughs> Why? It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable. Sex Talk with My Mom is the best mom-son podcast about sex. It's the only one as well. My mother is a cougar. My son is a clown. In a nutshell, my dad died. So my mother decided to create a YouTube channel all about sex, like all mothers do. And then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines. And thus, Sex Talk with My Mom was born. Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. Wow, wow, wow. We are back in the studio together. We're going old school. I can't believe it. It's been so long and we've been quarantined apart and we decided we're breaking the seal. He's entered the pod. I'm back in. I'm in the studio. You're the only person I'm seeing. I said, why the fuck now wouldn't I see you? Exactly. So here we are together. And we came together for a very special reason. You guys, you little sneaky freaks. You sneaky freaks brought us together, and so did Margaret Cho. Yes, Margaret Cho. Can you believe it? I've, I've watched her stand-up for years. She's amazing. An unbelievable stand-up comic and actress. She came on the podcast. We're going to get to it. But before we do, I want to thank everyone who's left us a review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, it really helps us out. And if you need help, leaving that review just go to ratethispodcast.com slash mom mom i wanted to read you a review i would love to hear it this is re peaky blinders regarding yes love y'all just fyi cillian murphy is not in peaky blinders the lead character is played by jamie bell who is from the long ago ballet movie billy elliott he is also very yummy, but Cillian is the sexiest, and I wish he was in that show. But he's not. Love y'all, but Google before you talk about sexy Irishmen. Thanks, Winky Face, by Mickey B. Wee. Wow, five oh, stars. Excuse me, Mickey B. Wee. You just got fucking got by Mickey B. Wee. I Moot. did not. Yeah, you Mickey, got got. Mickey B. has got got, because I just IMDb the shit out of that, and I, I decided to... I, I'm not losing my fucking mind, okay? I just want you to know that... First of all, 8.8 from INDB, not bad, right? Okay, okay. so people like it. So uh, what does this say right here in terms of the cast? Can you read that, please? My eyes are going. Cillian Murphy. Plays? Thomas Shel- Shel- Shelby? Thomas Shelby, yes. And what show is this over here? Peaky Blinders. That's right. So if you're going to Google something, you better... If you're going to correct me and, and it will require me to Google something... And, and break my heart and make me think that I'm completely a complete moron. Better do your homework first. Who is this? Mickey B. Wee. Mickey B. Wee. Although Mickey B. Wee looks like she did give she, us five she stars. She gave us five stars. So we still love you. We still love and you. And I also love that you're choosing to take this the, the opportunity when you're reviewing our show to correct my mother. I think that's great. I don't appreciate it if it's not going to be accurate. Okay. All right. I also wanted to thank all of our patrons for making this show possible. You will hear bonus content there on our Patreon page. It is the sweetest way to help us out. It and, is. And a little it, sneaky freak family. 
and it helps keep our lights on. So thank you to all our patrons. And now, on to this incredible guest. Yes. I'm very excited to tell you about Margaret. And she let her hair down. She really did. So a little background. Margaret Cho is one of the most iconic stand-up comics, mainly because she paved the way in terms of talking about being a Korean-American, LGBT. She was completely outspoken about sexuality. And And how about the fact that she's a woman and has been doing it since I don't know how long? A legend. She is. She invited us onto her podcast. Yeah. And then we were, of course, why wouldn't you want a mother and son talking about sex on your podcast? So she invited us on. And then we were like, well, we have to use this for our podcast. Right. So what you're going to hear is actually a crossover episode. Right. Uh, which might account for the uh, different music you'll hear at the end of our show. But we wanted to give credit where credit is due to the producers of the Margaret Cho show. But you, know, you know what I liked about it from my standpoint is that we're roughly in the same generation. So it was very fun talking to her about hormones and just stuff hysterectomies hysterectomies my internet cut out at one point and i came back and you guys were talking about hysterectomies yeah and then we also can relate and being frightened from nuclear war things like that we talked about everything we i loved learning about how she became outspoken about sex because of her family yeah unbelievable that was pretty cool i mean well you'll find out we're not going to give you too much information just i'm just going to give you a few little teasers polyamory bdsm and bisexuality. They're all topics that are going to be explored very deeply in the upcoming episode. Well, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you to the moon. And you know what? Just because I want to, I'm going to sing you out. Do it, moon. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and having the accurate information about Peaky Blindies. <laughs> oh, we'll talk that to you soon. Good. That, that was, was good. That was good. Yeah. You got her. Got her. Enjoy. How's your uh, quarantine? Lonely. Cam is <laughs> lonely. Um, I think I'm making the best of the situation. You know, it's not forever. We're dealing. How about you? It, it It's something that I, I have like, um, you know, I'm a ch- child of the 80s. So it's like when um, in the 1980s, we always thought that there was going to be a nuclear war. I, I'm the same. I'm right there with you, but I think I got 10 years on you. Well, I'm 51. I'm so. 61. Okay. I got 10 years on you. So, yeah, exactly. So then do you remember when, like, they thought that we had, like, we're going to have a nuclear war and that we were going to have to live underground in um, bunkers? Yes. Oh it, it terrified me. I had nightmares about it. Yeah. And that we have to, like, have, like, emergency water reserves and eat, like, um, kind of uh, medical, like, what, med, med rations or whatever. <laughs> Like, like, spa- military. like space foods. Yeah, military rations and, um, you know, kind of like doomsday prepper stuff. And so I sort of thought, well, we'll live, live in bunkers and we'd have to do like these drills at school around it, too. Oh, There's yeah. like movies about it. And I thought, oh, well, we're going to live this way. And then after earthquakes, we'd have these sort of like a few days of living that way, too, because I grew up in San Francisco. So there's oh, wow. some of that. So I think I have a little bit of PTSD from that. That makes me think about quarantine in that way. I never thought about that because it was called the movie called The Day After. Right. Exactly. Freaked me out. The Day After. Yeah. It's exactly like The Day After. Every day. What was The Day After? <laughs> a movie that scared the hell out of me for years. Was, did they have like the disaster? Was it? It was a nuclear war movie. Was it always on TV? Yeah. Yeah. And then they had like these discussion groups where you would talk about it at school. 
after. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And you would talk about it was like a, a thing where you would talk about it with your classmates and about the trauma that you experienced uh, watching it and about your feelings about what was going to happen and like, you know, to sort of talk about like trauma and remembered trauma and like what you would do. And um, there was a British version. I actually just watched it on um, recently when the quarantine first happened. I watched it on. Online. Why? Why did you watch that? <laughs> well, I wanted to Why? see like the British version was called Threads. And the British version actually was much hard, more hardcore because the British version um, goes far into, because the Americans always kind of pull the punches when it goes into sort of like trauma. The British version of actually goes into the nuclear disaster and then they do all of this stuff where the, there's people die in the house and they had to bury the mom in the backyard. And oh, it turns into like almost like a zombie apocalypse. Like it's like a <laughs> terrible situation. It's like actually like with like horror movie makeup and stuff, like horrible, horrible. Like of course the American version doesn't do that, but <laughs> it's like thank God I only saw the American, and I will not be seeing the British version because I still get all freaked out about it. Very traumatic. Yeah, we're we're trying to like maintain like a Zen thing going on. <laughs> well, it's it's a, it's like well, you have to be positive about it because it didn't happen. We didn't have I think because of that because of all the trauma. People were very conscious about nuclear holocaust, and so we didn't have a nuclear war. Good point. Yeah. So now this is a wake-up call for us paying attention to what's going on in the world. Right. That we don't have uh, any more um, people being murdered by police. We don't have exactly. any more violence against Black people. That we don't have any more murder and the chaos like that. Yep. And, and hopefully people will pay attention to the environment, pay attention to medical supplies being depleted with the rainforest being depleted. Mm -hmm. we, we can go on and on. Yeah. Hopefully there's more of a consciousness around. Well, I hope that also um, I've been out, I've been out there protesting and uh, I also been very conscious of the fact that uh, COVID is still out there, even though it wasn't, it's not canceled. Yeah, COVID's not canceled. So, you know, I want people to be very aware to still wear their mask. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I was out there protesting. It's quite challenging to keep both in, you know, in check, like participating with roses and actually, you know, not getting COVID at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to do, but I think, well, I've been doing it with uh, on a motorcycle. That helps. Oh, damn. Because you have That's a awesome. mask and a motorcycle. So the motorcycle helmet. Oh yeah, and then awesome. You can go through, and then it's, it's hilarious. Little, it's easier because then you're sort of moving, and it helps. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely like, I mean, I I don't know. I get scared going to the grocery store. Um, still, me too. I was just there this morning. I started after a certain amount of time. Like I walk in, I have a little anxiety, shop around a little bit, and then I have a boyfriend who's like has to go through every aisle and every detail and I started getting more and more anxious like I, I felt like I couldn't even breathe I, I, it's a mental thing it's, there's nothing physically wrong it's just that after you're wearing your mask and then you see people that are getting close to you because <laughs> people just get close yeah. I don't know they don't I don't know why it, it, I live in a building in Hollywood where 
there, I, I, I think people just have like this sense of, well, I live in this safe building, so I can get 28 people in a hot tub and not wear masks. Mm-hmm. Can you get in the hot tub? I don't know. Wait, can you get in a pool? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yep. Chlorine. Chlorine. Chlorine will kill it. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm pretty good with diseases. I have never gotten an STD, which is a miracle considering. Why? I've had a lot of sex. So have I. I never got an STD either. I never got well, an STD. actually, that's probably not 100% true. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and I don't think I have ever. I've, I've never gotten an STD. And I've really, I've really done a lot. I mean, never. I never, um, at least as far as I know, not even, not even crabs. Wow. <laughs> you are definitely lucky. But we, again, I think the older generation, we weren't as like, I don't know. There seems to be a lot more out there now. Uh, when I first started having sex was in the early 90s. And it was such a very, I was doing, um, I was working at a store called Stormy Leather. And we were, it was the very beginning of AIDS education. So we were doing a lot of like safer, safer sex technique classes. So it was a very, very big thing then to do a lot of like um, blowjobs with the condom. And you do these like classes or workshops where you would have like the flavored condoms with like the mint latex. And then you would do it like on like a banana and you, you would have like all the different kind of fruit and you would bring it to like the workshop and then show everybody. And so there was like a big push. And then we'd actually even do like cunnilingus with a dental dam. We don't do that anymore. I've never used a dental dam. Have you, Cam? No, I have not. By the, by the way, my internet cut out for a while there, and I'm just, I we went from like nuclear, the last I heard was nuclear bombs, and now we're talking about dental dims. So I don't know oh. if I missed something in between. You missed oh, about, you missed, oh, you missed yeah. a lot about, well, we, I used to work in, um, in in a sex store in San Francisco in the early 90s. Oh, cool. It was a weird time, and sexuality was just such a... It was so different. And, and so people were getting really into BDSM because it was a way to be intense and sexual, but you weren't um, fluid bonding. That's oh. really interesting. So BDSM was very, um, it was like this thing of like, we can get very hardcore, but we don't have to be at risk. Gotcha. And so that was one of the, one of the big entry points into that. Oh, I'm going to get my dog to stop barking. Hang on a second. I love your tats, by the way. I've been oh, noticing, I watched one of your stand-ups oh, yeah. where you like took down your pants Oh yeah, and, and you had your butt cheeks talking to each other. And I'm thinking, this woman is fearless. <laughs> I was literally so excited to meet you because I don't know anyone who's as, as fearless as you. That oh, was that's pretty a- wild. <laughs> that's, and it seems like you've added to the tattoo collection. Thank you. Yeah, I have a lot. And um, I think I might be done, though, because uh, I don't I don't produce any more endorphins when I get the tattoos. Oh, oh that so is just, wild. It just straight up hurts now. Oh, and it's like, oh, like my body. Sort <laughs> I've of never shut had off. a tattoo and 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 I've always wanted to. But then I think I'm so ADD that I've changed my mind like the day the day after I get it. And, and then I'm. Oh, stuck yeah. With it. That happens too. Then you start thinking, "Oh, I should get," you know, and I'm like, "Oh, I want something else." You you have tattoos that you'd like. I'd rather have something else right there. I think so. I do. I do want. I I do want to all change everything because also I find other artists that I think, "Oh, that's so amazing," you know, and also the innovations um, in the techniques and the art changes and the 
the trends change. And there's so many great artists too. You, it's hard to decide of who would be great to do. But also I love everybody that I, I get from. So I don't know. And then a lot of the tattoos that I have um, are, uh, I love anyway. So it's hard. It's Yeah, I'm very much like, I can't decide who I want to get them from. And then I'm thinking, what if it sags? What if they, what if like my <laughs> tattoo of a rose becomes like a snake or something? Yeah, that's Who all right. knows? That part's fine. I don't mind that part. How did you get so fearless? I think it's, um, well, it's like I, uh, uh, my family um, are kind of, they'll, they'll sort of do anything because they um, had a gay bookstore in the 70s and they're super like conservative Koreans. So that they makes no do, sense at all. Yeah, That's it doesn't crazy. make any sense. They'll sort of do anything. And they kind of raised me in this weird conservative way, but they also had a gay bookstore. Wow. <laughs> How did they end so up with a gay bookstore? I, I don't really know. I think because my dad really loves male attention. He's very handsome. Oh. So he loves to be adored, but he's not gay, but he loves to be adored by men. Wow. And so he loves to be painted by men and he loves the male attention and um, he, lo- he loves men, like, but he, he's not a gay man, but he loves the attention of men. What's his it's, zodiac sign? He's an Aquarius. Mm. So um, I don't know if that has anything to do with, he's a ca- Aquarius, but Capricorn cusp. So I was thinking it has to do something. It's got more, there's more. We got to do your dad's chart one day. Yeah, maybe. I don't know very many Aquarian Capricorn guys either i don't know that's the one sign that i've never really known that many i know a lot of cancers yeah that's the one sign i always meet is cancers almost all of the people i ever know met or talked to or hang out with they're always cancer i'm a sagittarius i was gonna say you're a sage i already looked you up yeah yeah what are you libra oh okay i have a lot of libra in my in my um chart and I feel very ah. Libra. I lo- love Libras. Libras are very like I have a really balanced eye. I could see I could see in your decor of your home. Yes. It's very romantic looking. It's very like my like aesthetic is very Libra. Beautiful. But um definitely uh I I mean I definitely don't know a lot of like Aquarians or but that my dad is definitely that's his life. Like his like Aquarian life. Did having that bookstore like open up the conversation about sex immediately with you guys? I don't know, but they were always uh, like all the people that worked there were always getting tattooed. So when I first got tattooed, oh. the the people that work there took me to Ed Hardy, who did my first tattoos. No way. Oh, so yeah. That's Ed where um, the tattooing began. And then Ed Hardy used to sell his tattoo books uh, from uh, my dad's bookstore. So in the 80s, um, when I first understood all of that tattooing world, that was where I learned about it was from my dad's bookstore. Did your mom have tattoos? No, no. Uh, My parents were still very conservative and very Korean, um, but they uh, and but they would have photographs of the employees who were all full body tattoos people on our refrigerator at home. So we had like you know, these photos of people with full body tattoos in our house and, you know, which, which back in the day, back in the day, that was not popular. It's like now no, it's like no. very popular, but now then it was very, very avant garde. But in the seventies and the eighties, that's like really avant garde. Like that's totally to me, like that's crazy. It is <laughs> like, me too. 
that's a very crazy thing to think about even now. But that was like a very normal thing to have in our house, you know, in the 70s and the 80s. But yeah, that's that's so, the way that my family were. So that's why I think I kind of turned out the way that I did because they were modeling for me or my parents were, were sort of showing me this is an example of an adult that we admire. Oh, exactly. Cool. Whereas the Jews were Jewish and the Jews um, frowned upon getting tattoos. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it comes from like a few things, but I, you're not allowed to be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you've got tattoos, apparently. Oh, is it yeah. related yeah. to like the Holocaust and getting the It is related to yeah, exactly. Mm. So mm. for me, it was like, I, I didn't know anybody who had tattoos. And the person that did, I was like, oh, she has a tattoo. And now it's like, I live in L.A. I'm the oddball for having no tattoos. Yes. Yes. I mean, it is definitely, um, uh, definitely like a culturally for some, it's very much um, taboo. In other cultures, you can't be in the family if you don't have them. Like there's like, these Samoan um, brothers I know who have, they had to go back to Samoa and get these full body tattoos that are like so insane. And it's like, it's like so much um, time and so painful and they have to do it because it's like huge part of their family ritual, you know? And it's like, it's so beautiful, but it seems like so much time and so much pain to go through they have to, you know, and it's it's just amazing. So Holy it's like moly. different cultures are so different, you know, when they approach tattooing. So did yeah. your parents, I mean, I watched a little of your stand-up and your parents were at one of your, it might have been years ago, but how, what was their reaction when you went on stage and talked graphically about sex? Well, they they didn't like it, but they uh, love that I am um, successful and they love that I do what I do. Like now they love the career that I have, but they, I don't, they didn't have a problem with the content of, you know, I think they just had a trouble that I wasn't a doctor or like a lawyer or something like that. I think they, they're just happy that I am successful, but I don't think that they have a problem with like sex talk or anything like that it's more just the i guess the avenue of it that it's something that they can't really understand they don't really understand what stand-up comedy is exactly that's the that's the hard part like it's a the definition of the business they don't get but the other than that thing they get they love it have you ever had a conversation where you're like explaining hey this is i get up on stage and i tell (laughs) jokes yeah and then people pay me for that yeah, I think they get that part, but they, they, they think that they're like, they don't have the equivalent of it in Korea. So I mm-hmm. guess they think, well, maybe it's like being a singer or it's guess it's kind of like being an actor in between that. <laughs> um, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of that. I guess an entertainer would be most like, like yeah. a clown of some kind. But they're very happy about it and they really love being included. They love show business. So oh, they love awesome. to be a part of it. Um, so they always ask if they can be in shows and if they can be um, included. So they would love to be uh, a part of it. And you, you guys do a podcast together. Correct. Well, that's it. We we do sex talk with my mom and Cam initially went to Stanford and he was going to be a consultant and mm-hmm. he was going to make a lot of money and a lot of bonuses <laughs> and travel. I hear and, some resentment there, mother. No, there was no resentment. I'm the one who encouraged you to to do what's going to make you happy, right? So then what happened, Cam? Well, I went to, I actually did go to clown school. Uh, mm. and I got very into 
you know, I'd been doing a lot of comedy throughout my life. Um, and I was like, oh man, I do not want that corporate gig anymore. Um, so I tried to start writing for TV and working for writers. Um, and then ultimately I real I started doing stand up and realized that my mother having a YouTube channel about sex was like a gold mine for material. <laughs> and so I started so using that in our my stand up and then eventually I was like, Well, we should just collaborate on this podcast together if we're gonna That's awesome. Talk yeah, about initially, this. um well what we didn't tell you is that I don't know if you knew this, um, but um my husband, Cam's father, um, was murdered back in two thousand and six. And uh, so I became single again and I decided, well, I need to get some help. So I went on YouTube. And of course, there's nobody on YouTube besides like, you know, little 20 year olds. And I was in my 40s, 20 year olds telling you how to date or the pickup artist. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to make my own YouTube channel mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, talk about dating and help women, empower them to go out in the dating world again. And then just 18 to 35 year old horny dudes or, or watching the channel yeah, and and the whole cougar concept. (laughs) So, yeah. So, you know, I leaned into it and uh, started interviewing porn stars and getting a lot of more attention there. And uh, then wrote a book called Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. Uh And that was for women. And Cam, you took my book and started using it in the stand-up comedy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's our little origin story. Was sexuality ever like a thing that you couldn't talk about with your parents or were like, did you have anything to even rebel against? No, I mean, the rebellion really has to do more um, with, um, I think, ideas of what Asian women can be like. And uh, for me, it's 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 really um, more uh, about society's vision of what Asians are about for me it's more like in in in, in entertainment society is really um kind of coming to terms with asians being visible mm-hmm. you know um and existing within entertainment so that that's the rebellion for me is just becoming visible in um in entertainment as as we're sort of emerging but in terms of sex it's more like um just becoming and and existing um usually i think the image of asian women in sex is really something of like submission and quiet and uh a very kind of like non-existent or uh passive sort of subject why Mm -hmm. is that i'm not sure i think it's sort of that sort of madam butterfly kind of like sexual like sort of submissive flower fantasy but I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I don't, I don't, and I don't really feel like I'm that. Um, if anything, I'm much more of a sort of um, playful or either, uh, either or, like I can be very dominant. I can be submissive for sure, but I also like to flip things around. You're a um, switch. I'm a switch. I can also be butch, but I also really like to play and, um, be more, um, I think, uh, adaptable, you know, and, and I think it's, it's definitely fun. It's fun to, to submit, but it's also fun to dominate too. It's also, it's it's also fun to be adaptable. Are you, do you find that you're still like, like exploring a bunch of new ways of playing with other people and yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'm bisexual too. So that's another thing. That's the one thing that my parents really have a hard time with. They really find really are are really okay with me being a lesbian. They're really okay with me being straight, but they really have 
trouble when I switch it up. Whoa. <laughs> Why? Because but they're like, but we've heard this before from other gay guys. <laughs> well, they're fine with like the, when they're like, when you're gay, it's like, oh, okay. And when I'm straight, it's like, oh, okay. But then when it's my bi, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> they get really confused. Because it's like, no, only one, only one. You know, so, so it, it, you're deviant otherwise. Yeah, because it's like, you have, you have to decide. Wow. And because you're being untruthful if you're not one or the other. So I think that's where it, it's almost like you're lying if you're not one or the other. I think that we've heard this before from people that were um, by and, and, and like we knew we interviewed a guy who was living with another man and he considered himself by, but the other man was a hundred percent gay, like gold star, you know, yeah. gay. And he said he's not accepted like in either world because of that. Yeah. There's a kind of thing of like, uh, bisexuality is a very uh, mysterious identity because people sort of don't believe you and either either the world of gayness doesn't accept it and also the straightness doesn't accept it it's weird so my parents are kind of part of that too but that's the only area that they don't really get everything else they're kind of very roundly accepting I think as you get older actually older people often are very accepting do you agree with that, Mom? Well, I don't know because my parents, uh, you know, they, well, my dad was 90 when he just passed away and my mother's in her mid-80s and she was never able to acknowledge that her brother was gay. It was obvious he was gay. Mm. He's living with two guys all his life. He never went on a date with a female. And uh, he, they, she's just like, he's not gay. I'm like, yeah, he is. <laughs> no, he's not. And then on the other side, you know, we had a, another cousin who was wearing tights all the time and all the theater and very, very, but again, it was so frowned upon. He would always say, oh, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm not gay. I just have, you know, I have a lot of guy friends. Ooh. Now he's out in, 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 in full, full game, gay, you know, enjoyment. But before, I mean, our, our age group really looked down upon gay people. Mm-hmm. But I, it's like I, so different from now. I do think you are you're a little more. Well, I think you're an anomaly, mom. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I'm the mm-hmm. oldest living millennial. Not just if yeah. yeah, you're Love pretty it. liberal in your your stance on all this. But I think it's our podcast because we interviewed so many people with polyamory and multiamory and and I mean every uh, transgender everything. We've interviewed so many different people that it, how could you not be completely open to any kind of sexuality when yeah. so you know it's it, to me it's like this is very interesting. Do you hear this music, mother? I'm calm already. Calm, my friends, is the app that you need to relax, to calm down, to de-stress, to sleep, to live a healthy life. I got to tell you something. It has made a profound difference in my life that Dee's and I, for at least 10 minutes every day, open up the Calm app and it changes us from this crazed lunatics that we are into these calm, meditative human beings. Calm has... A few different specialties. One, they have sleep stories that help you go to sleep at night. You can listen to Harry Styles tell you the most amazing stories to help lull you to sleep. It also has a meditation tab, which gives you guided meditations about anxiety, stress, work, self-care, inner peace, whatever you're trying to meditate for, it will help you do that. Focus for sure. Have you noticed that I've become more focused since I've been using Calm? 
I can't say I have, but maybe you <laughs> needed a little more. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash sex talk. That's 40% off of unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash sex talk. Don't use calm.com slash mom. It supports another podcaster. Calm.com <laughs> slash sex talk. Mom, are you a football fan or are you a football fan? I'm a football fan. Which team has been led by Coach Bill Belichick, Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots, Los Angeles Lakers, or the New York Mets? New England Patriots. Oh, she got it right. I'm so happy. She is I'm so proud of myself. I love this freaking game. This is Trivia Star. If you don't know it, go download it now. It is the most fun you're going to have on your phone. It's a free mobile quiz game that's entertaining and challenging. And they have different categories like like sports. By the way, would you have known Bill Belichick? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I've heard his name, but I don't know, honestly. Okay. What team. But, I'm, well, you would get, you definitely get the um, animals anim- category. Animals category. And I maybe, love that we both looked at animals and we're like, yeah, that's the one I'm going to win. Animals. You would not get celebrities. You would not get TV. You would not get sports or <laughs> How about music. famous Buddhists? Famous Buddhists. That's, that's who you would have gotten if there's the, a category for that. There are over 60 categories to choose from. I'm sure one of them is famous Buddhist monks. <laughs> right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Trivia Star. Search Trivia Star and enjoy 2,500 coins and 500 gems. And download Trivia Star today for free. What do you got to lose? It's so fun. I think polyamory is really uh, is really modern, too. I think mo- more and more people are definitely poly. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've been I've been poly for a while, but I don't know if I am right now. I think I'm too. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think I, I, I probably would be poly, but I'm, I'm kind of now. I don't know. I'm so tired. <laughs> do, you, do you have anybody significant in your life? I do. I have um, one uh, guy that I really like him a lot. And um, he's my quarantine Valentine. He's my quarantine. Oh, so that, that's so nice. I really adore him. And then he, but he, so he's the only one that I see. Um, but uh, I, and but I was dating a few other people, a couple of actually women, um, before the lockdown. And um, but then that that sort of went uh, away when the lockdown happened. So then I don't think that. Um, and then now, so it's just been him, but I think, which I think is good. I, I don't know. And then I now don't really feel like I, I want to see anybody else, but. Are you, are you able to trust him that he's like not quarantining pretty significantly? And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. good. Very much. See, qu- and, quarantine yeah. is a good test. It's a good test for a relationship. Yes, I think so. And I think it's nice that we're not quarantined together either so it's it's, it's totally it's, there's something to be said for that i think you might be good. you might be in the ideal situation margaret mm-hmm. because it otherwise good. you're either living with someone you're with them which is me or you're or living with no one which is camp yeah mm-hmm. you might you might have the best of all worlds i feel i feel good about it i feel good about it but it's i know that this time is hard for people who are cohabitating because mm-hmm. of the togetherness is a lot 
It's it's a lot, especially when um, I'm, I've been living with my boyfriend since the start of this. Well, actually, we've been living together for, you know, 12 years already. But it's still like we have a very small one-bedroom apartment. So when you're with each other 24-7, it was fine when he was going to work every day. But then all of a sudden, he's there every morning, and he's staying. He's still there in the afternoon, and he's still there at night. And I'm still there all morning, noon, and night. So together, it's a lot of togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think like is occupying your thoughts if you don't have to worry about uh romance or anything? Um I guess it's really about um trying to uh, figure out um what my creative life is when I'm not doing comedy. Mm. So that's a very cuz it's like most of my time is really going out and doing comedy or traveling to a place to do comedy or figuring out what my shows are going to be but now that's all gone. So it's very weird. Like so much of my life is structured around doing shows. And now pretty much the year is like not that. So I realize so much of my time is all of that. that, So a big part of my life is gone. So it's very, it's a real, it's a real like loss. And so there's some grief around that, some depression, some mourning around that. So I'm trying to figure that out. It's weird. It's very sad. It's, It's hard to cope with kind of. Yeah, totally. It is when when you when you're so if you your your personality is very type A and you're always having to do things mm-hmm. such as myself. I finished a book and then I decided, well, I'll take fifty photo albums and to condense them. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge project. Yeah, it's like I never have time for boredom. Then you know, I just always have a project on my agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I always. Um, I always had time to like uh, look at things, like look at things, and I never took photos. I always like was just like doing comedy, so I never took photos, and so I was like making jokes about it. So I never took any photos. So it was all like jokes instead of oh. taking photos. So I never did anything like that. I don't. I, I did. I just told all the jokes that I never took any photos. So I should have taken photos. <laughs> People no, probably I, I took photos more... of you. Maybe I guess so. That's probably good. I I just have always been the historian kind of person, but also, but, but not really because I'm living my life through the lens instead of like being present and doing that, you know, Uh, making the jokes. jokes. I should have been writing down the jokes. You should have been taking more pictures. We would have been perfect. I know. It's funny though, because it's like, I, I think like now that I, um, now that I look back, I'm like, I realize, oh, those are the things that I should have missed, like, like that I missed that I should have remembered, um, like taking the photos because back then, you know, we didn't have social media. So we didn't have like if you didn't take a photo with like that camera, you didn't have it. Now, of course, right. it's so lucky that kids have that. So they have their memories right there, which I think is one of the great things is, you know, you have your memory or you have your life right right in front of you. Except that I, I, you give your camera to someone or you give your phone, take a picture. They take like 20 every time, you know? So you, you never go through any of them because you got 40,000 that are on my phone now because I got the, you know, the big, large Ram gigabyte, whatever. Yeah. And I, so you don't see any pictures because there's too many. Right. That's true. It's funny. Have you been finding that like you, you have a tendency, like a way of, of coping with that, that like that grief? Um, I think that, uh, well, I've just been, um, right, like lately, um, watching a lot of K dramas. So it's like Korean TV shows help. Yeah. That's very good because it's like, um, there's a thing about Korean TV shows that really tap into the Korean psyche. 
um, where there's like a crying part in every episode. So there's like a, at least a good three or four minutes of crying in each episode of every no, crying awesome. show. No way. So in like a 15-minute show, there's about, yeah, three or four minutes of crying, no matter what the show is. If it's a comedy or drama or romance or whatever or horror, there's always crying. Why? So it's awesome. Because Koreans really need to, like, cry because they're so shut down as a people that we can't cry in any other capacity other than when we're watching TV. So there's always every – that's the only emotional outlet we have. That is unbelievable. I should watch this. (laughs) I, I don't really cry good. enough. Yeah. You, you cry all the time. What are you talking about? I don't cry all the time. You, you're a very emotional person. No, that's good. That's I, really did, good. I think it's good, but I, you don't need to cry more. I think the, <laughs> I think the last time I cried was watching uh, Duncan Trussell's Midnight Gospel. That was, oh, I heard gospel. that's really good. I heard that people cry to that for that. Uh, they really cry when they watch that. Oh, my I God. I love him, too. Yeah. That's wonderful. Finale is a killer. It's a killer. That's beautiful. So I have a, uh, a switch here. Um, I saw in your stand-up that you get the, the aisle and the airplanes. Oh, uh, yes. Me too. Oh. And for the same reason, because you're right. You're, you, you cannot sit at the window if you have to go to the bathroom like five times a flight. I always have to get up. Me too. I always have to it's... get up. Because I'm always afraid that I'm going to have um, a urinary tract infection. <laughs> exactly you you have to keep on high alert at all times so i'm always having to just like push out whatever because it's like i'm always kind of like worried everything down there has to always be pushing out it, the, the the i'm very conscious of everything like i'm always doing like kegels i'm always doing some kind of like where I, does that come from i agree i think it's it's like the super, I think it like when you're, um, cause my mom had a hysterectomy in the seventies. And like, so when you're, uh, when you grow up with that kind of mentality of like, always do your kegels, always make sure you evacuate your uh, urethra entirely. Really? <laughs> your bladder I just entirely. Got, I just had a whole hysterectomy and I feel better than I've ever. Oh really? And I don't, and I don't have to go to the bathroom as much. Oh, hmm. there's not so much pressure down there. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Do you so don't do be like, fearful? Okay. Do you do hormone therapy then? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. how does that? How, how did, did that make you feel better? Does it feel good? Love, love. I'm a big promoter. Big proponent. That yeah, feels great. You don't do it. I do a little bit of the the yeah, like the the bioidenticals. Yeah, and that helps a lot. Totally. That helps so much, actually. In every aspect, especially bones. Yeah. And I like, um, and also the, uh, like the testosterone helps the orgasms a lot. I didn't do the testosterone, but I, but I think marijuana does the trick for me. Oh yeah. I'm sober, but the, um, testosterone really helps like, uh, for orgasms in like multiples. Really? Yeah. I found like just a little bit. I may give it a shot, but I thought I'd get really mean on it. Oh, yeah. I don't do enough. It's like I do tiny amounts. Like it's not enough to actually have like sort of any sort of mood shift. Um, I'm going to give it another shot now that I had the hysterectomy. Yeah. I mean, I think like um, there's also the have you done the Mona Lisa? What What is the Mona Lisa? The Mona Lisa, the laser. It's like a laser that goes. It's sort of. Um, oh, the vaginal. Yeah. It's, it's oh, you not- talked about that. You did that, right? 
No, I did the uh, the the collagen bead, which I didn't like. Oh, the okay. collagen thing is in um, it's a uh, G shot, which I didn't right. like. Um, it's where they put, and they don't think they do that anymore. And it's very expensive, but they put it under your G spot, and it inflates the the, the spongy tissue under there to make it so that you can. Um, orgasm with uh pressure under there but it doesn't work because it's like that everybody's going to have a different reaction i don't think you can actually enlarge a g-spot that way yeah and i don't because think because everybody has a everybody's g-spot yeah and i don't think it's going to be the same thing if you put pressure on it if you know it's like we orgasm in different ways it doesn't have uh the same effect no matter what exactly the Mona Lisa laser is a laser therapy that um, I think it's supposed to uh, a laser therapy that goes into the vaginal wall and it's supposed to um, tighten the vaginal wall and make it wet again. Okay. I have not had that yet. Me neither. I, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I, um, I was, I don't know if I have that problem. I think it mine, it's, it's fine. I don't really need anything in that department. Ex, ex, uh, there's, um, some kind of a, uh, I think there's a supplement that you can get wetter that it makes you wetter. I don't know what that is. Estrogen. As I mean, does that like, estro- I think that the bioidentical helps me with that. Right. In general. You're good. You're good but to go. It's a fun, um, it's fun to think, to explore the idea of like, oh, what, what, what can I do? What can I do to help all this stuff along? I, I agree. Yeah. Preaching to the choir here. <laughs> but it's like, a, I, but yeah, I have to sit on the aisle because I always have to get up and pee all the time. And, and I love in your stand-up how you like tell the, all the, the gay guys, you just like call them all out like they should try, you know, going down on a woman and you like make the funniest faces. <laughs> well, it's fun. I mean, they should just try. They shouldn't be so afraid. <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to, to appreciate it. To uh, to go down on women, yeah, it's a it's a it's an art form. It's a lost art. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't it, I don't think it necessarily came very naturally to me. Uh, it, t- it definitely took a few tries to like yes. understand what the hell is going on. Well, there's so many different. I mean, like I always say that that area is like a, a little snowflake. That's no one's like the same. So how does a guy know like what to do or a girl? How does anybody know what to do when you go on? To, it's one thing when you have a, a blowjob. That's kind of like, you know, there's not that much variety there. But with uh, finding that clit, yeah. knowing what, what's going <laughs> and knowing how to, how to work it, that's another story. I know. And everybody's so different. And, but, you know, the people that really love it, really love it. And, uh, and sometimes it's just the perfect thing. How did how did you decide to start experimenting with different genders and? Well, I always, uh, I think uh, I always was attracted to girls and like I always thought I was a lesbian when I was even like younger. Like growing up, I just identified as a lesbian. Even as a kid, I thought I was just like loved girls. Like I loved my friends. I wanted to be with girls. I always identified as like a, I I was gay. Like I knew that I was gay. Like as a kid. And as a teenager, so I sort of came out very young as a lesbian. And then in my early 20s, I was like, oh, no, I like guys. Like, I was attracted to men in my 20s. Oh, wow. And then I was real confused. And I'm like, uh-oh, wait, this is not right. 
<laughs> I'm not supposed to like guys. What the fuck? And I was like, oh, no, I'm straight. And then I was like, oh, wait, no. oh, I'm gay. And then it was like back and forth. And then I was like, oh, you don't have to decide. Yeah. So now it's just kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's where I think all like all future generations seem to be going. Yeah. I, I don't know, because I tried making out with a woman. Mm-hmm. I really tried. Yeah. And I just I just could not get into it. Now maybe it was just some one particular girl or maybe I just wasn't in the mood or maybe it's society has conditioned me so much not to do it that or not to like it that maybe I it's just I'm not able to open up to that aspect but I don't know. I just there's something visceral with me with men. So, I don't yeah. know. You just like guys. What are you about? I I what had, are you gonna do? I have a similar reaction when I th- think of myself as straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I do ident- identify as straight, but then I think of like all the like the things that come with being straight, like mm-hmm. uh, especially for guys, like you know this idea that you should just be wanting to fuck all the time, and you know, bottle. Like for me, it's always been much more of an, an emotional experience. Yeah, and and so like I'll get turned on if someone says something nice to me or something. Like if I like oh. the person, <laughs> that's nice. And, and but that's like a very not straight Bro. guy thing to yeah. to experience and it was always yeah. very confusing to me yeah and so but that's I, nice yeah it is i guess it is nice it makes it makes dating a bit harder than it would mm. be for my friends i think mm-hmm. who, who identify mm-hmm. more in, as like you know very straight traditional dudes yeah and they're just not picky that's all yeah <laughs> no i think they just they don't feel the I think a lot of them just will, you know, if they have the opportunity, they don't have like a lot of empathy for the people that they're having sex with, I think. Like yeah. They're, and they're led by their penises. Yeah. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it you know, I think that uh, it doesn't have to be that way. I think, you know, straight guys can be evolved too. You know, they can, they can change and they can grow. I have, I have like, I have all these like old, um, you know, that magazine, we, O-U-I, we magazine. It, it was used oh, to, yeah, it yeah. Used, used to be run by um, Hugh Hefner is the Playboy owned it. It was like the European label of Playboy. It was Playboy and then we and then Penthouse and Hustler um, back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s. And um, the masculinity was so uh different because it was so separate from femininity you know it was so uh much about um it was like girls and tennis and motorcycles and cigarettes and judo (laughs) and it was so like separating your emotions from your um friends and from your like sports and like from your football and like there was so little like emotional engagement and so little like um about like uh, anything like understanding why your feelings were your feelings and understanding her feelings and um, like separating your uh, like emotional life from her emotional life and you know having these real strict boundaries about masculinity macho yeah very macho and very much there's these like very strict rules about masculinity um, and keeping within those borders and and so much of that has gone away, you know, so like these magazines are very much like dinosaurs of this idea of like maleness and mm-hmm. yeah. performative maleness that, you know, they're, they're all gone now. So 
it's it's a good thing to remember like these things don't have to be what we are right yeah yeah i think yeah it doesn't feel completely gone for me like i i still feel like a a weirdo mm-hmm. a bit um mm-hmm. in sp- you know, especially when I talk to older generations, even when I talk to mom, your boyfriend, Ed, like I feel like we're in very different camps in this way. He's very broy. Yeah, he's broy. And your dad was from Argentina. He was macho. Yeah, like and he, it like been the famous. big, like any, <laughs> the way they make fun of each other is just you're gay, you're gay. That, that used to be the the way people made fun of each other. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know what? It's it's a good thing to change. Change is good, and it's a good thing to grow, and it's a good thing to. Um, explore that you know and uh i mean i think like uh you know to explore those the the feminine feelings and the the different feelings and to cry it's very good <laughs> i've i have found that i i think because of the way i am like leaning more towards you know like at least embracing my femininity at the least mm-hmm. i i am attracted to women who are that embrace a masculinity yeah which is a really it's it's pretty fascinating to even see that that tendency of mine to yeah to want like the compliment you know Mm -hmm. yeah i love i love a masculine woman too like i love a really like a tomboyish girl like i love like a Kristen stewart moment like a real like (laughs) like Like I love a Ruby Rose, like Christian Stewart, like a <laughs> not that that's even remotely masculine, but kind of butch tomboy. Like I think it's so darling and kind of <laughs> it's so cutely like it's so cute and still so feminine as fuck, but so so hot and butch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cute. yeah, it's a different type of femininity, I guess. Yeah, it's very it, it is, but it is kind of like. Uh, blunt femininity it's blunted in a masculine way it's very european somehow mm-hmm. it's really elegant i love it so when you when you tour do you get a sense for how sex and relationships get are, are treated around the world um i think it's a lot more free and like in europe for sure and then a lot more buttoned up in asia like in asia it's like way more like conservative well like in in like korea it's like people aren't even out like in like korea like in gay pride in korea people um and this is before covid people would wear masks and nobody would take photos because you couldn't be out like nobody could be like openly out and openly marching for gay rights you're Mm. openly seen there you know and it's like really taboo and it's very strange like you could be for gay rights and talk about gay rights, but you couldn't be photographed at a gay rights rally or anything oh, wow. like that. So it's like a very weird thing. Um, it's it's like very secretive. And, you know, I have a bunch of gay friends there, but they can't be out to their families and they can't be out at work. And, and so it's really it's a duality that I think is very, very strange. Um, but uh, in in, um, in Europe, it's very, um, you know, there's like a lot of a lot of like people who are very out both at home and at work and you know people have like gay and straight alliances in their like schools and in like work and in in their work like environments are very gay and it's like a very like different kind of thing so i think it's more gay there than america even so it's cool Mm -hmm. it's like definitely much more open yeah in germany Mm mm-hmm 
Germany's kind of kinky, I hear. Very kinky. And the and Kern, 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 Kern is like the where they have all the leather bears. Oh, the capital yeah. of, of bears and leather is Kern. Oh, damn. <laughs> so anytime you want to go there, Cam, you can yeah, noted. find one of your own. Anytime you need a bear. All the leather bears. I love yeah, it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and inviting yeah. us to Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it so much. And that was our little chat with Margaret Cho. How fun. Very fun. I wanted to thank the whole Erios team for setting up this wonderful cross episode. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, check out the Margaret Cho. That's her podcast. And a big thank you to Melissa Stenton for editing this podcast for us. Very nice. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.